from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, host of the Ken Coleman Show, and author of the number one best-selling book, From Paycheck to Purpose, all about careers and work, is my co-host today. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Scott is going to start off this hour from St. Louis. Hi, Scott. How are you? I'm better than I deserve. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Well, uh, I've been, uh, I work at a, a mid-sized church in Missouri, and uh, I've been doing the job with pool. There are two full-time people for about three and a half months, and, uh, you know, I'm, I just need some advice on what to do uh, for my career and um, what my next steps are. Do you want to stay there and keep growing within that organization? <clears throat> well, um, I, I do I do love the church I'm at. I love the area, our community, our life groups. Um. What do you mean when you're saying you're doing the work of two people? Yeah. What's that mean? So uh, I work in church media, and uh, our previous media guy left uh, about three and a half months ago. So I've been doing everything from Sunday production, video editing, graphic design, um, volunteer management, social media. So I'm just doing everything, and I'm, uh, I had about – whenever he left, I said, okay, I can probably do this for about three months. And – Three right. months is it. I haven't heard anything about my job, and right. so that's uh, so, so. I'm not sure. So Scott, that's why I asked you the question because if you weren't doing the job of two people right now, would you be calling us right now about your career and your future, or is this I'm exhausted and I'm trying to figure out if I stay or I go? That's what I'm trying to get to the heart of. Would you be calling us if mm-hmm. you weren't doing the work of two people? Well, before he left, uh, I might have because <laughs> I okay. was, uh, you know, just. Uh, my passion is video editing and related kind of things, and I was um, more set as a um, social media sort of role. Okay, so um, so let me interrupt real quick because that's an important distinction right yeah. there, and I want to validate what you're feeling because this is not you're not I don't think you're being sensitive here. It's if you're spending more time doing something during your day that you really don't enjoy, that's going to eventually wear on you. So in other words, I would say you're probably um, you're probably on the right bus, but you're in the wrong seat on the bus. Is that a fair diagnosis? Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when you ask an open-ended question, I need some career advice. No, we've got to really figure out, okay, what's the tension you're dealing with? And you've got two tensions I hear. One is you're feeling a little overworked. And when someone feels overworked, it's very easy for them, Dave, to start to feel underappreciated, even though that may not be the case. I mean, there are times where, where we are in a great organization that we want to be there and we're shorthanded. You know what? we got to pull the weight of two people because we believe in the mission. So that's, that's, that's one option. Uh, the other option is, is when you feel overworked and you're not hearing anything about, hey, when am I getting some relief? You start to believe that maybe you're underappreciated and we've got to deal with that. That's one tension. The second tension is, are you in the right seat of the bus and on the right seat? I don't think you are. And so now the question is, is can, what must be true for me to get into that right seat at this current church? Do you understand? And so you're going to have to talk with your leader about both of those. This is a this is a mm-hmm. adult conversation where we don't go in with attitude. 
We don't go in feeling offended. We go in with some humility, but we say to our leader, I need your leadership. I need you to weigh in on this. We're about three months in. I'm feeling a little overworked here, and, and I just want to get some direction from you. Um, and, and then ultimately, uh, you know, I want to be in video editing, and I'm spending a lot of time over here. What are your thoughts on how I can get more into that seat? We've got to have that conversation first because absent of that conversation, you're filling in the blanks. And that's not fair to your leader, and it's not fair to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that feel like where we're at? I think so. And you, I do you, have you know a, that a time when you couldn't mystery. read your wife's mind? <laughs> you remember that time? Uh, which, you know, kind of passed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, your leader is the same way. Yeah. You can't read your mind. Mm-hmm. They don't know what's going on. So you got to go in yeah. and sit down and go, hey, um, listen, I'm more than willing to carry the water here. And um, I knew when so-and-so left that somebody had to pick it up, and I was willing to do that. I can't do that long-term because it, it's going to break my back. And so let's talk about how we get some of the weight off, and uh, let's talk about how I can serve this place best in video editing and how we can have a, a game plan to get there. And if I can see how we're going to get there, then I can help us carry the water. I'm, I'm a team player, okay? And I'll do whatever mm-hmm. it takes. I'm not a whiner. But, uh, but I can't, this is not sustainable. And, and uh, if your leader hears all that, they go, oh, yeah, well, I just thought you were getting it all done. I didn't, I didn't know you were working 80 hours a week. I thought you were working 40. No, they, uh, they know I'm doing a bunch of overtime. Okay. Yeah. All but right. again, you've got to have the conversation because this is when you find out, by the way, Scott, if it's a healthy leadership culture. Yeah. Dave, mm-hmm. what's a healthy leadership response to that if when a person comes in with the right spirit and shares it that way? Yeah, I mean, we don't want you to work more than one full-time job, and we would prefer you to work in the, in your skill set, and we would prefer to work in your passion, which usually are similar. And so, yeah, you've mm-hmm. got, you know, so if you want to move to video editing, hey, I'm going to start, we're going to, we're going to post, and we're going to try to get the backfill on the other piece, and uh, thanks for helping us until we can get that backfill. And we'll get her done. You know, I mean, that's, uh, I can't, but if you expect them to wave a wand in, in 20 seconds, suddenly not, you know, this other position to be filled, you got to work with them. That's right. But yeah. if you're willing to do that, a, a healthy leader is going to come alongside and go, yeah, obviously yeah. we're a man down. The guy quit and, uh, you picked up the slack. Thank mm-hmm. you. And so now we got to have a plan to cover the backfill. That's right. And uh, the backfill may involve picking up your old job and you take the other guy's old job that's exactly right which moves you over to video editing if i understood the story right that's right yeah good stuff and i hear this a lot dave and i see it a lot on social media and i want to caution some folks out there that are feeling some frustration and i'm gonna i'm gonna challenge you for a moment i want to provoke you for just a second it's not okay for you to be frustrated at your leader if you have not properly communicated with your leader now, I, I rail on bad leadership all the time because I see it and I hear from people that are quitting jobs. But I also will be the first to say, if you haven't communicated to your leader very clearly what's going on and, and work with them and give them a chance to you, actually with humility. lead yeah, not, with humility, that's right. Yeah. Don't walk in there with a case of demands. But if you haven't done that, you don't have the right to truly be frustrated because as Dave is, that was a great analogy. It's like trying to have your spouse assume that they can read your mind or you can read their mind. It's just, it's not healthy. Well, when you're dropping the pots and pans from 18 inches into the, <laughs> into the thing, and then I say, what's wrong? You, you were supposed nothing. to have already told me before you started <laughs> dropping pots and pans. That's a very good point. I can't read your freaking mind. You know, 
That's from 41 years of marriage. Thank you very much. But yeah. And leaders are the same way. Yeah. Same deal. Every wife uses that technique, I think, at some point or oh, another. The door's just a little bit Is something bit wrong? Louder. Nothing's wrong. Blank! Nothing's yeah. wrong. Blank! Right. You know, it's like, yes, something's <laughs> wrong. This is The Ramsey Show. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Caroline is with us in South Carolina. Hi, Caroline. How are you? Good. How are y'all? Better than we deserve. What's up? So I just had a question about buying a car while we're still in baby step two. Um, We've got about $20,000 of debt to pay off. We currently have a 19-year-old Honda Odyssey, about 237,000 miles, um, Great mechanical condition, but it is a salvage title because of hitting a deer. And our other car is a 16-year-old Buick. It's only got 128000 but we've had to dump oh, close to 2000 into it recently. So I kind of told my husband, no more than maybe another 500 if something breaks down. So I'm just trying to figure out, should we get another car? And if so, which of the three options I'm considering makes the most sense? What's, uh, so what's con- your household income? Um. Gross is about ninety, but take home is only about sixty-five because of mandatory retirement. What? Um, how much debt have you paid off so far? So <laughs> that's a long story. Um, we just kind of stumbled back into it accidentally. Um, I might be an education addict. Uh, we had actually paid off sixty thousand um, all of my master's debt, and then I was working on my doctorate and I had some cash flow issues and stupidly went back in okay and that's the 20,000 yeah okay and I should graduate either the summer or the fall with my doctorate good and what education I'm a teacher okay will that change your pay yes that will that between that and um South Carolina government's also proposing so a pretty big pay raise so I should be looking at probably a ten thousand dollar bump in the fall nice very nice yeah (laughs) all right here here um is what i heard you tell me and Mm -hmm. um i i i'm saying that because i you get to choose whether i heard you properly or not because you're the one saying it but i heard that every time something comes up that you want to do you jump back and forth in and out of this I want a car, so I'm not going to do baby step two. I want to go get my PhD, so I'm going to go back into debt. And you're never going to break the cycle as long as you leave options on the table to violate the principles. Um, well, I haven't had any trouble except for education. <laughs> like, we've never had any other well, debt. No, no you just presented trouble to me education. again. You wanted to go buy a car while you're paying off the debt from the last time you fell off the wagon. Yeah. So this is two but, breaks I mean, I'm not in the pattern. About anything crazy. No, like, but I'm this is two breaks like in the pattern. Listen, if you want to go get a car, you go get a car. I would not, in your case, and it has nothing to do with the cars and it has nothing to do with the financial situation. You have to break this pattern. That's what I think. I think you have a pattern of jumping in and out, depending on what feels good right now and what you want to do. 
And I'm telling you, you got to plow through and have the transformation of the way you view debt and the way you view money and the way you, you know, you're not scared enough about debt yet. You're not freaked out and mad enough about debt yet to where you're fighting it like it's the enemy. It's just a casual annoyance. That's what all of your language said as you were discussing this. Yeah, it's absolutely right. She's got options, and we take a no-option stance. And so it starts to make sense when you make it an option because then you look at an old van, you go, oh, we just put two grand in this. I don't want to put any more money in this. Uh, You know what? There's an option. I can get a loan, get a car, and that makes more sense. I'd rather put money into something that's newer that I don't have to. And it's just a cycle. If I'm going to quit eating donuts, I can't have them in the house. Right. It's not an option. Probably not a good idea to drive by the donut place well, either. I, yeah, sometimes that happens, but I keep driving. <laughs> you know, I can't turn in. Yes. If I turn in, it's over. Yeah. I can't, right. you know, if I have them in the house, a hundred percent chance I'm eating them. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent chance. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was breaking the cycle, what I would do is get up during COVID on the weekends at six o'clock in the morning, and I would go get donuts because nobody was out right. and take them to my grandkids. And I would do that to make myself handle donuts and not eat one. Wow. And I did that to, to force myself through the process. But now I know that I'm weaker now than, <laughs> than when I was early and more enthusiastic in the process. Yeah. And I can't even have them in the house. Yeah. Because I will eat them. I'm impressed that Papa Dave didn't just at one point at a stoplight reach over and grab snag that, one. Grab that That's chocolate impressive. covered hot light is on Krispy Kreme yeah. and pop that. that's so my kryptonite that I know right I there. couldn't that, do it that right there so uh, you're I'm just hero. telling you all of us my point is I'm no different Caroline that's correct we all have this and so you have to have a no take no prisoners approach yeah. to change a behavior pattern so true. to install a new principle in your character that you weren't yeah. doing before and you don't have a take no prisoners attitude about this and that's okay we can still be friends but you're you're not going to execute these things well and, and with thoroughness until you do. So I would prescribe, no, don't buy a car, get mad, pay off the debt, because the debt's standing between you and getting a decent car because you're driving a couple pieces of crap around your house. And I'd be sick and tired of being sick and tired of driving crap, and this $20,000 is in my way, and i got to get rid of that so I can get an emergency fund and save up money for a little better car. And I'm going to go do that in a very short period of time, and I'm going to be really angry about it in yeah. a good way. Yeah. I like that, by the way. I don't want people to miss what Dave just said there. It's simple in what he said, but it's pretty profound in that you change the narrative to, I'm kind of, I got a PhD, I'm getting a nice job, I'm tired of driving around a piece of crap. So I'm going to save up, change my lifestyle, and buy a nice car cash. It's a completely different shift on the focus and the mindset, and it actually works. Yeah. Well, you got. You just got to say, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm not going to play games. I'm not going to play footsie with this. Anymore. Yeah, you take the option off the table. You know, I don't go in banks. I don't right. go in the donut shop, and I don't go into a bank. Mm. The only thing banks are for is making deposits. That's tell all they're for. Tell you what, all this talk of donuts, I might stop by the shop on the way home tonight. Yeah, well, just you'll have to Should send I? Send Come me, on, Dave, talk me out. Send of me it. a picture and tell me about <laughs> it. Yeah. I thought Dave was going to cuff me there, folks. He's not helping me here. He's unhelping me. But no, it's really true. It, it It's taking the option off the table. You know, I know you and I feel the same way about marriage, and I don't want anybody to feel guilt or anything. But, you know, committing to one person, you have to take the option off of the table. We're not going to quit. Yeah. Murder's an option. 
but divorce is not. That went a little dark. I didn't see that coming, but. One of my pastor friends says, you will never hear that he cheated on his wife. You will hear he died tragically in the home. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Oh, man. It was a tragedy. Tragic. It was a tragedy. Tragic. Well, there's an extreme thing, because there there is a principle in the principle of transformation, the principle Mm -hmm. of behavior modification, Mm. that you have to, and it is smart to, swing the pendulum way over into crazy to completely break the cycle in your brain. Right. And then when it comes back a little bit, doesn't come all, never wanted to come all the way back because you were in crazy over on the other side. Mm-hmm. But when it comes back a little bit, you're, you're relaxed a little bit. My budget has a lot more margin in it than when I very first started doing a budget and I was yeah. a broke person. It was to the penny. Yeah. And now it's like, yeah, what a, you know, sure. but I'm still got a budget, still got a plan. Right. right. And, and I used to have, groceries separated from restaurants because i couldn't right i I would we'd go out to eat and use up the grocery money and and, but so i had to have more i had to swing it more detail Mm -hmm. more intentionality more intensity yes but now 30 years of doing this i mean we've got margin in the budget number one number two you know it does matter but you and sharon and all the people that have done this say something you break your appetite for debt I mean, years ago, I, I, well, also, I break my appetite for living without a plan. I'll always have a plan. Exactly, but it's it's a. I got rid of sweet tea years ago. I oh. can't even drink it anymore, oh, Dave. God. Oh. You know why? Because for about seven years, you're I had not even. Had a, a, you're not even a real southerner. I know, folks. But you're now not, it's give up disgusting. your southern man card. I know, but you change your appetite, and that's huge. You, and but you got to break. I was it. okay with the donuts. The tea just got me. I know. Well, that's just my only uh, thing. I like other sweet things, but not the sweet tea anymore. It's too uh, much. Mm. Too much. Our, we really had sugar, and the tea was an excuse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is the Ramsey Show. <laughs> stock market's weird that's a statement that'll stand up almost any time (laughs) (laughs) things are going bad things are going good you can just say the stock market's weird yeah there you go hey if you're freaking out don't market dips don't mean you have to retire broke it just means the market's going up and down roller coasters are no fun if they're flat and no one gets hurt on a roller coaster except those that jump off in the middle of the ride listen if you had invested a hundred dollars a month from age 25 to age 65 in the last 40 years you'd have well over a million dollars in a good growth stock mutual fund now i know some of you are going that's a great plan dave if i was 25 but uh you can start where you are that's the place to start and a huge predictor of investing success is that you actually invest oh that changes the numbers substantially all this theoretical discussion is a bunch of crap. So get a pro in your corner. Go to RamseySolutions.com and click on SmartVestor. RamseySolutions.com slash SmartVestor. And you will find what we call a SmartVestor Pro, which is the group of pros, thousands of them across the nation, that we have vetted and that have the heart of a teacher and that help you with investments the same way we talk about here on the air. 
So when we talk about spreading across four types of mutual funds, growth, growth and income, aggressive growth and international, they're going to help you do that. Then we talk about buying mutual funds with a long track record, not something that's been open two years. They're going to help you do that. And they're going to show you and teach you and teach you and teach you and teach you to where you will say, I invested using a smart investor pro, not I got a smart investor pro to do my investing. You should never do that. You should always do your investing with the help of a teacher. That is you being a grown up and taking responsibility for your future. So RamseySolutions.com slash smartvester and get somebody in your corner to help you do your investing. Davina is with us in Houston, Texas. Hi, Davina. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm talking to you. Hi, how are you? Better than we deserve. How can we help you? <laughs> um, so I'm a nurse. Um, I only have a 401k in my job, so I'm wondering if I should switch careers and be like a flight attendant or something or go work somewhere where I know they offer a pension if I stay for like X amount of years. I don't really know what to do. No, you probably should not do that because it sounds like the only reason you're considering a career change is because of the so-called pension that you think is more valuable than your 401k. Is that fair? Yeah, you like what you do now as a nurse. You enjoy it, yes? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, no. You should not do it. Okay. You you have so, you have just as much investing power yourself, and uh, the pension is not all it's cracked up to be. It sounds sure. like one of your patients was smoking dope <laughs> and told you to do this. <laughs> this guy talks you into this oh, pension thing. He's, and, he was sick, Davina. Remember that, okay? <laughs> Was he on pain meds at any yeah. time in the conversation? Oh, yeah. No, no. Listen, listen. Why shouldn't she do you that, Dave? You, listen, n never take a career yeah. choice because of benefits. Okay. Money will always buy mm -hmm. benefits. Mm -hmm. Go yeah. make money. Put it in your 401k. Put it in your Roth IRA. Beef up your insurance if you need to because they don't have great benefits at your place. But I have never made financial decisions as far as my career goes based on benefits. And I've always okay. made enough money to provide myself any benefits that I would have needed, including <laughs> retirement, including the yeah. ability to retire with dignity and so forth. Choose a career based on something you're gifted at, that you love, that you can pour yourself into, and that you can make a really good living doing it. And the benefits will take care of themselves. Either you will take care of them or they will show up at the place you work. One of the two. But don't go get, I got whiplash. I'm a nurse and then I'm a flight attendant. Or something. It was just like, I've got to go where the pension yeah. is. No. And I, I Dave, I. The, That's old school. Pensions aren't all they're cracked up to they're be. They're not good at all. Why do people think they're so great? Well, they're almost all gone. To right. Start with. That's the other thing. You're just about out of the business. And many times so. poorly managed. I doubt if you were a fl brand new flight attendant in entry level today, if you're going to qualify for a pension, they right. probably have done away with them. Yeah. I, there may be one airline that still has that or something. I don't know. But that's just not a plan. Not a plan. Nope. 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 Go make money. Yeah. <laughs> and that will cause you to have the money to buy your stuff. All right, Jacob is in Greenville, South Carolina. Hi, Jacob. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? 
Yes, sir. I was wondering how much should me and my wife deplete our savings to pay off our debt with a one-year-old son at home? Uh, down to one thousand dollars. Not okay. counting, not counting your retirement. Don't touch retirement. Yes, sir. We don't have any. I don't have. But she, she had the one four hundred one k. I don't have a retirement. Okay, I would stop. I would stop that. adding to the four hundred one k temporarily, and I would get on a detailed written budget. And I'm going to attack the debts smallest to largest, paying minimum payments on everything but the little one, and attack the little one with a vengeance. We call that the debt snowball. When the little one's gone, you take all the money you can squeeze out of your life and your budget, and you throw it out to that. You don't eat out. You don't go on vacation. You're not going to see the inside of a restaurant unless you're working there. So we're going crazy. We're completely focused and going to knock out this debt really, really fast because with only $1,000 in the account, I am really nervous. That is not a good long-term plan, but it's a great short-term plan to get the freaking mess cleaned up. How much debt have you got? I have uh, about $19,000. Okay. On what? Um, I have a uh, $9,000 uh, truck payment, um, $8,000. We got our windows replaced um, just recently. That's uh, for our windows replacement, um, $1,200 in uh, medical, and $1,400 in student loans. Gotcha. And what's your household income? Uh, bring home pay between both of us is $62,000. All right. And how much is in savings? 21000 Okay. All right. We can just about clear up all your debt. Yes, sir. That was my question. I just found you two weeks ago, yeah. um, and I'm, I just bought your book, and okay. I'm all in. So Is she? Is she? That was my question. Yeah, yes, sir. She's coming around. Okay. <laughs> yes, right. sir. She's, uh, she's nervous about hitting or okay. getting our savings hit that So much. you don't let another salesman in your house that sells stuff like windows again, unless okay. you're going to pay cash for it, okay? Because that's okay. what happened. Yes, sir. That's what happened. Somebody came in and sold you windows. And, and obviously, you're going to pay cash for any vehicles from this point forward. Your most powerful wealth-building tool is your income. And what we did was we got rid of a truck payment, a window payment, and a couple of other little things that were just bothering you. And now we got your entire budget cleaned up. And now very, very quickly, with no payments at all, we're going to take that $1,000 and build it back up to twenty. Yes. Okay. Okay. Jacob, have you written down, or do you know off the top of your head, all of those payments right now from those debts you listed out? What does that add up to each month in your budget? Uh, How much is a truck payment? Um, payment, All payments, 280, we've been paying $300 a month. Okay, 300 on the truck. How much is a window payment? Um, minimum is, uh, 350. We've been paying 400. That is interest free, but that doesn't okay, matter. I don't care. And, uh, <laughs> you said the other was a medical. Are you paying anything on it? Yes, sir. We're paying the, the minimum amount at, uh, $321 a month. Wow. Okay. 300. Okay. And the $1,400, what's the payment on it? On that, that student loan. Yes, sir. I'm putting a hundred dollars toward that. Okay. All right. So blah, blah, blah. look at this number, Jake. It's 1100 bucks a month. Yes, sir. Okay, so you got 1100 bucks a month plus whatever else you can squeeze out of your budget. And so in about 18 months or less, you're going to have your 20000 built back up. Probably about a year, you're going to have your 20000 built back up. And so you're only going to be at $1,000 for one month. Yep. Your and wife needs to know that. that's this month. Yeah. Hang on. We're going to put you guys through Financial Peace University. We appreciate you joining this tribe. You're brand new to it. And we're going to pay for you to go through the class for free on us. Both of you go through the class together and go become millionaires. And then we'll brag on you. <laughs> this is The Ramsey Show. 
Our scripture of the day, James 4, 17. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Peter Marshall said, May we think of freedom not as the right to do as we please, but as the opportunity to do what is right. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Vincent is with us in Houston, Texas. Hi, Vincent. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. How you doing, sir? Better than I deserve. What's up? Uh, yes. Uh, basically, my question is, uh, should I uh, move and commute for basically a promotion, which uh, turns out to be $80,000, $80, approximately $40 an hour, or stay with my current $18 an hour and make approximately 40000 So it kind of doubles my income. But the thing is, if I take the promotion, obviously I will have to move. And the cost of living, uh, uh, it will be almost triple what I'm paying now in my mortgage. Uh, my mortgage, I pay approximately $800 a month, of course, plus utilities, which is not much. Um, in the new place, uh, it will be uh, around maybe twenty-two to $2,500 a month plus. Where are you talking about moving to, Vincent? Um, uh, Dallas, Texas. Where? Dallas. Dallas. Okay, so the cost of living in Dallas is not triple the cost of living in Houston. Your your housing situation may go up, but the cost of living is very similar in the two cities. All the other costs yeah, well, of living issues. So your current residence, you own it, right? Yes. Yeah, so well, I mean, I'm my like yes. Like yeah. I so said, what is mortgage, what is your mortgage? What is your mortgage balance on your current residence? Uh, a little under sixty thousand. Okay, and what is it worth? Um, it should be around two sixty. Okay, so you have a two hundred thousand dollar equity that you would take to Dallas to buy something with, and that doesn't necessarily put you in a twenty four hundred dollar payment. That's, um, that's not yeah, accurate. I, yeah, well, I mean, I was just thinking because uh, this is kind of like um, you know, moving maybe for a few years. Cause I mean, I have my parents and everybody here, you know, my wife, family, and you know, so I'm, I'm be, I've been commuting and so, I've been so, paying. So what is the new job? Uh, the new job, I'm a uh, aviation maintenance technician. Okay. And there's with, no uh, aviation maintenance technicians that make 80 grand in Houston. Of course there is. Uh, there well, they are, but I mean, I, I'm already, I've been with the company for a few years and I just got the promotion, you know, um, you got a promotion so, that moved you to Dallas. Yeah. That, that's kind of what I'm, I keep thinking like, man, it doesn't make sense, you know, to, you know, the, the way I'm looking at it is if I move, it's literally taking me. Yeah. Let me tell you what I keep hearing. Work. Okay. You keep giving me 73 reasons why you don't want to move to Dallas. You don't want to <laughs> move to Dallas. I, I don't. Oh, okay. Just, and are right, you commuting? Feel, yeah, he's commuting to Dallas. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you can't keep it up. So I think you look for an airline technician's job making 80 But I don't know why you need to make $18 an hour to stay in Houston. You don't. If you're doing airline technician's work in Dallas for eighty grand, there's airline technician's work for somewhere around eighty grand to do in Houston, I promise you. There's as much aircraft in Houston as there is in Dallas. 
You'd have to change companies, but whoop-de-doop-de, this company ain't working for you. Yeah. So you get to decide which pain you want. Mm -hmm. Do you want the pain of changing companies or changing cities? No, I I really don't want to leave my parents. I mean, they're they're getting up on eight. Change. You just decide what pain you want. So it's time for you to say, I'm going to straighten my backbone and throw my shoulders back and change companies. Or I'm going to walk in and talk to my boss about making mm-hmm. 80 grand in Houston because my days of talking about moving to Dallas are over because I'm not moving to Dallas. Yeah. Vincent, how long you been with this current company? Um, it's, I mean, Straight up. three years three but years with the new with the new with the new position has been a little like, like okay. a year here's the deal so, it's, you know. it's a scary thing for people to move and you've got Companies. to identify what you're scared of okay specifically and i'm telling you once you identify what those are there's there's no evidence of that and dave's exactly right you have skill uh where you bring more to the table than just even be able to work on air, air i mean uh, uh uh airplane engines so you've got to open up your world to what your skill and experience would allow you to do to make the kind of money you want to make so that you stay in houston because you, you know 16 people yeah that work doing what you're doing at other companies and when you pick up the phone and call them you're going to have a job in a week Mm. you're just a guy that doesn't want to feel like you were disloyal to the other company and you're not you. And if you want to give them the opportunity to hire you in Houston for 80 grand, that'd be okay too. Just say, guys, I can't do the commute and I'm not willing to move to Dallas. And so, um, you know, let's, let's, is there anything you can open up for me here that makes it close to that where I can do this job in Houston? And if not, then start making some calls to your buddies in the business. You've got guys right across the tarmac, and you know exactly who they are. Their faces are popping into your mind as I'm speaking. Mm-hmm. And you know you're going to call that guy, and you're going to call that guy, and you're going to call that guy, and that gal, and the lady that works the front desk at the FBO. And in you know in three days, dude, you're going to have a job. So Because aircraft is that way right now. It's, it's hot and uh, white hot. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like being in technology or something. Yeah, you're you're in a you are in the driver's seat. So uh, I appreciate your humility, but uh, I want you to take on some more confidence and boldness on how you approach this gently and kindly with your existing company. But Vincent, you don't want to move to Dallas. You told us that seventy three different ways. So no, you should not move to Dallas. You should get a new job in Houston making better money. Yeah, I agree. Because what will happen is, is you'll begin to resent this very opportunity because your heart's in Houston and your body's in Dallas. And that's never going to work for anybody. It's not even fair, by the way, to your current employer because you're half there, if that, over time because your heart's in Houston and it's where he wants to be with his family. So it's, it's a no-brainer. But a lot of people, Dave, are very scared of they just got a promotion and it feels counterintuitive. It feels almost stupid, if I could use a, a, a kind of a bold word, to go, well, I just got a promotion and now I'm going to leave and go somewhere else. So that's because you're too worried about what everyone else is going to say. Uh, but, but in this situation, you know what's important to you and you've got to make work decisions that align with your values. Yeah. Your family, you know, you're, you're a guy that lives in Houston. It's what you told us mm-hmm. you very, very clearly. And so, um, so this is this, this promotion for you was not a blessing. Mm-mm. 
other than it made you realize you're more valuable than $18. That's right. Uh, so it did help you with that part. But it, it wasn't a blessing because it, all it did was put you in a bind and made you feel like I'm being pulled by, oh, I should be smart and take the money, but I don't want to live in Dallas. And so that's the conversation you and I had here for a few moments and you're good you're a good man you're by the good. way i want to add one other practical thing dave because I've, I've counseled people on, on my show on this one he's also wondering what does it look like i just took this job and three months later i'm looking for a new job nobody wants to look like a flake and that's a legitimate concern okay because people look at your resume but here's the narrative you've got to sit and tell these new potential employers you know what i took this job because it was a great bump and i've been working hard for this but here's the deal my parents are older and I realize that I need to be with them right now. People understand that. That's not a flake. You're not going to look flaky and flighty and look like a job hopper. You're going to look like a guy who cares deeply about his parents, and you know that for this season I need to stay close to home. And, and that's part of that, his concern. There it is. That'll do it. Good work, guys. Well done. Well done. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. Ken Coleman, good hour. Thank you, sir. Well done. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Hey, it's Ken. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey baby steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.